0: I like how Caleb and I are like, yeah, 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 here's some ideas, here's some Corvus, just like, yeah, or none of that shit matters. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to The Fizzle Show. We've built our businesses, found a way to pay for our gluten-free crackers, doing stuff we love. And we're here to tell you how. No BS, just some real and honest conversation from earnest entrepreneurs. Your hosts are uh, Corbett Barr. If we were the Muppets, he'd be Kermit. Clearly, dependable, adorable, sort of the glue who keeps the whole production together. And a very loud drunk. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Beaker, tall, lanky, the intelligent victim. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be Fozzie Bear, who some would call a sweetly insecure and absolutely terrible comedian. <laughs> In this episode, it's the last episode of March. Can you believe how fast this is all going? Third month, gone of 2014. We've got a big round of Q and A for you. Mostly A, a little bit of Q. In this episode of the podcast, we're getting into things like managing your inbox anxiety, networking with people around the world, uh, the benefits and limitations of targeting a niche, and and more stuff. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. So guys, it's q and A Q&A day. We're gonna answer some cues with some a's.
1: But uh, first, Can and we foremost, have some intro music for Q and A day. Q&A day.
2: I feel really bad for anyone that this is their first episode.
0: You say that you say that often,
2: Caleb. I do. That's I don't think I often feel bad for those
0: people. I honestly I don't think any new people have found this show in a long time. <laughs> We've been at the same, like basically the same number of downloads every week for a while now. We just which just have is a revolving bit, door. A little bit frustrating. But it's but it's you know, it's almost ten thousand people that listen to the show. I don't know if we've ever said that before. 10,000 people. We're, we're just a hair under 10,000 people every week that listen, uh, which is, like, that's awesome. That's a that's a that's that's kind of like, you know, not small for a podcast, which feels great. But the bummer is, is that early on, you know, you grow every single month. And then we were actually, just before Christmas and the holidays, we were up above 10. Had a few, had one episode, we had one week where it was like 18,000. It was like, whoa, what's happening? And I think that's when we ended up making a huge email error. But then now we've been at, we've been at uh, just like 9,500 9, for like five, five months, weeks straight, essentially.
1: We're going to have to start begging our audience to, uh, to share us with their parents
0: But think about and that, loved though. Ones. It, yeah, yes and no. I mean, because I, I always... It, there's, growth is addictive. Like, I always want to be growing. Uh, you want to see the, the trend line going up. But at the same time, 10,000 people listen in every week to us. Do this.
2: I always picture it as one person listening to us ten thousand times. <laughs> it's
0: true. That's probably true. And there, there's no—I mean, the stats are so crazy. I and mean, who knows how they're tracking? And there's all sorts of uh, scandal with podcast tracking. So it's—it's it's not probably nowhere near that, right? But but it's, the truth is, we hear back from people. I can hear I, every every episode. You end up hearing back from like you know five people in a tweet or something like that. So I know the people are out there, and some of them are getting the the jokes which I like. I've already seen some tips from the, from some, some, <laughs> some tweets from the rich, rich tip from that we published this morning. Oh, tip rich, tip rich. So tip rich. Well, that and one's going last,
1: that one's lasting on for quite a while.
0: Yeah. The tips, the the tip. I, I think the tips will live forever. I think they're right up there with the, with the watch bomb, but we'll see, you know, we don't get to make that choice. The audience does. We do our part. We can, we can create the paint, but they got to make the fucking portrait. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Yep. Guys, can I just say for a second, I have these things right now where I go to the gym and I can't work out because I get what's called exertion headaches. It's probably oh, no. from a pinched nerve. So the moment that like my blood vessels or whatever start opening up and like I actually start to lift a weight incredible raging headache in, goes in, up the left back of my head
1: in the back of your head and then does it go away when you stop exerting yourself it takes about
0: 30 anywhere from from one minute to 30 minutes to go away yeah um, so have you what have you had that before
1: i have briefly and i'm trying to remember what activity it was that i was doing that caused the headaches but it, i never had it for any extended period of time but here's for the weird thing
0: days, it it's okay. It's just whenever whenever you're like exerting yourself, like like your your body actually is responding to a, a physical thing. So it happens in sexual activity as well.
1: Oh sure. <laughs> How hey, crazy is that? How's that gonna go for you for uh weekend I know. your childless weekend? Let's
0: just put it this way. I'm screwed. Not you're not screwed. <laughs> not screwed. Uh, this weekend our friends are watching Aiden. Our four year old and, and my wife and I are getting our first weekend alone for a long time and and now she's kinda of feeling on the weather and I was like really looking forward to like, you know, big weekend in Portland. So and I think what's gonna end up happening is we'll watch like all of House of Cards and try to sleep in. But then I, I can't do any physical act- activity, so I'm gonna sleep like crap. The bummer about it all is I feel like a piece of shit when I'm not working out and i and so maybe this is an opportunity for me to say you know get all buddha belly and do some meditation and be like w- why do i feel like a piece of shit when i'm not working out like why why when i get a little chubby do i look do i do i feel so horrible about myself endorphins so yep. yeah well there, there's also that there's some there's biological reasons yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so. on ice <laughs> to the brim a long bad. a long time ago i i did i've been like fooling around with meditation for a long time and i and i really really dig it i really do um but when I was first starting out, the as I started to get used to it, boy, it is the hardest thing in the world as you're relaxing the different parts of your body and you're kind of breathing through them and then you get to the belly and you finally let it out <laughs> all the way. And then... Your belly's just kind of this tub of goo in front of you, rubbing up against your shirt as you breathe. And all I can hear is like there's some drill sergeant yelling about how horrible I am and how I've sucked let- it in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, haven't you just let yourself go, b- piece of shit? Fuck,
1: you're one of the sheep now. Look at you. You're God, worthless. I feel really bad for you having a drill sergeant inner monologue all the time.
0: Well, and it. But since the the meditation has helped that, that's the funny thing. Not it, it starts with awareness of it, I guess. But no, and and really, truly, like it's been a really good process. I don't have like a regular practice of sitting, and I swear to God, we're going to get into answering some questions here pretty soon.
1: Pretty soon. But it, do you? But do, I do nice you kind up. of uh, secretly hope that by starting out with psychological and physical problems, that like a psychiatrist and an MD are just going to write you and be like, "Hey, just I email heard you. that you yeah. have <laughs> yeah, a little free yeah. diagnosis." A little bit. I, I have worked with therapists before
0: in the past. Uh, the bummer is like I never like I, I want them to do something to me. And they're like, What do you want to talk about? I'm like, no, give me like a worksheet or something. Show me how
1: to live my life. I wanna
0: I got memories repressed, man. Give me some drugs. Let's figure this out. <laughs> you know? I just I don't know how to bring up the stuff. Now I'd probably be ready. I'm at you know, thirty three and I'm kind of like, Okay, I'm I'm probably ready to go dive into some stuff. So yeah, if you're out there, <laughs> call me call (laughs) me all right so uh this has been email month this is the last episode of the month of march people i hope you've accomplished something the very first episode of march i asked you to like write down three things that you wanted to get done for your business put it on the wall i i I would love to hear if you did that and if you got anything done if you're anything like me you probably didn't sorry i know that feeling well but uh, you know april's a new month you guys April is a whole new month. So, before we can get into that, though, let's, let's, uh, let's answer some questions for some eager Fizzle Show listeners. Caleb, you got some good stuff lined up for us? Yeah, so let's start with a voicemail, because I like
2: those ones more. This one is from Kent Sanders.
0: All right.
1: Hi, guys. My name is Kent Sanders, and I blog at ArtistsSuitcase.com. I've got a question about how to capture email addresses and add those email addresses to a list once you make a sale. At the end of the month, I'm launching an Evernote training product on my website and once people hit the PayPal button and go through the sales process eJunkie will then send them a PDF file with instructions on how to access the tutorials and all that stuff but my question is whenever people make that purchase how does their email address get added to an AWeber email list i'm not sure how to set all that up or how that works with AWeber's requirement that people do a double opt-in and all that stuff so any suggestions you can give me on how to set that process up would be great. I've purchased lots of things over the years where whenever I've made a purchase, I'm automatically added to an email list somewhere. So any suggestions on uh, how to do that would be awesome. Thanks so much, and I appreciate all that you guys do.
0: All right. Thank you, Kent. That's awesome. So, Corbett, I, I kind of have to lean to you on this. Normally, you do some tweaking and hacking to mm. to put that stuff together.
1: Yeah, so um, this, this one's not too hard. Um, so basically... We should just include this in the uh, show notes here, but Aweber has some instructions. You can, there's, Aweber has something called an email parser. And uh, on this page here, which we'll include, it says, if you have an eJunkie account and would like to have your customers automatically subscribe to your Aweber list, look no further than our email parser feature. And in about eight steps, you can get it set up. They have uh, some screenshots of Aweber, screenshots of eJunkie, and basically, uh, you know, whenever somebody buys something from you, eJunkie will communicate with AWeber in the background, and AWeber will add those people to your list. So that's for AWeber and eJunkie. Although there's obviously a lot of other types of connections that you might want to make, maybe from eJunkie to Mailchimp or from some other shopping cart to Mailchimp or something else. And um, one program that we do like to use for things like that occasionally is called Zapier. Z-A-P-I-E-R, and basically uh, the way Zapier works is you go in there and they have a menu of different services that you can choose from. You could click on eJunkie, and then it'll show you all of the other types of services that they could integrate eJunkie with, and you would just see a menu of choices on the right-hand side, and then Zapier basically hooks up those two accounts and does whatever action it is that you're looking for them to do. So. When in doubt, you can check Zapier out if you can't find a specific direct integration for what you're trying to do. Does that sound about right, Caleb?
2: Yeah, and Zapier is what I just used with Gumroad and MailChimp. So two completely different things of what he asked about, but Zapier had the way to
0: do it. Nice. Yeah, I've heard other people talk about Zapier as well. Um, Paul Jarvis was mentioning that. So that seems like a pretty powerful tool. You do have to pay for it, but I mean, it it takes you out of manually entering in all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, and I I mean, if you can't find one of these parser things, Corbett, you could download the list of buyers from eJunkie and manually upload it to AWeber or MailChimp or whatever, and you don't have to do the double opt-in that way if you have a list you're uploading. Correct? Correct.
1: Well, yeah, you can, uh, it depends on how big the list is. Sometimes AWeber will require that you call them, um, you know, in order to upload a really big list, especially if you want to turn off the double opt-in. And you shouldn't have to double opt these people in because they purchase something from you and, you know, um, and AWeber should be okay with that. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis, I think.
2: I gotcha.
0: Very good. All right. And I got nothing to add. That's all, uh, that was a nice little technical in and out kind of thing. Little, little how's your father, as Corbett would say. (laughs) That is so funny. God. Yeah, get a little in and out. Yeah, a little how's your father. (laughs) Unbelievable. All right, Caleb, what else we got? So we have a question here from Bree. She Mm. says,
2: hey, Three Musketeers, I probably shouldn't be emailing on Thanksgiving, but I couldn't help it. See, I logged into my work email to make sure I could stay on top of it, and my inbox was loaded with 80-plus emails in only a day's time. Half of it was stuff I'm tired of trying to keep up with and stuff I really need to just unsubscribe from. Yep, I just unsubscribed from Chris Brogan's list. I may be a blogging heathen. So with all this content out there, I'm starting to see it more as clutter. My question for you three is, how do you work past, or maybe just ignore, the clutter when you started your blogs? Thanks, and have a blessed rest of your Thanksgiving. So this one's from a little bit ago, but I think it ties in with the whole, you know, have your inbox be clean and unsubscribe from stuff.
0: Yeah, okay, so first of all, I've got to mention a link to an interview with Merlin Mann that was one of my favorites I've ever heard of him. Uh, And I've listened to every single thing he's ever been on, probably two times. Um, It was on the latest... uh, He did two interviews on Beyond the To-Do List, That's a friend friend of the show, Eric Fisher's uh, show, and uh, I think I'm going to be on there pretty soon as well, which I'm excited about. And anyways, he did one... Interview with Merlin a while ago. Then he just did another one with Merlin, and for some reason, just caught Merlin in the the mode that every interviewer dreams of catching Merlin in. Because Merlin, man, if you're not familiar with him, he has the kind of uh, this kind of rape your wit, just just really really quick, very bright, very smart. Weirdly, uh, can go extremely deep and keep it very uh, sort of surface at the same time. Just an incredible ability to do that and all he knows basically the thing that he's focused completely on is this idea that Bree's talking about this sense that everything in our life is an inbox unless we unless we like some of the things that he gets into is your inbox is essentially what the world is expecting of you if you want to learn who you are Look at the, look at what's in your inbox. Cause this is what the world thinks you, you are in some ways. And then you have to make the decision of, am I that or am I something else? And so it's this very, uh, I don't know, Alan Watts-ish view on like, you don't, like Brie, you're doing the right thing by unsubscribing, by choosing only the things that you, ch- that you would like to be notified by, the not only the things that you would like to, to hear from. They have a big section on notifications and all this other stuff. So I'm just going to leave it at that and say you if you do think a lot about this email stuff, inbox stuff, check out that interview because it's sensational. I just listened to it for like the third time because I can't get enough of it. Caleb, I know you're going to go absolutely bonkers for it. You'll probably just you I want to see your notes from it, Caleb, because I feel like that would help me. And I haven't listened to his other interview on that podcast either. Yeah, it's good as well. Um, this one it just it he it just goes really deep. It like seems like Merlin's like angry. <laughs> in the best possible way got him on a rant day yeah and, and and he talks about a lot of stuff he hasn't done before so my my take on, on what Bree let, let's let's really try to figure out what Bree's question is here is it really about my email has too much thing there's too many things coming into my email she talks about the clutter of content unsubscribing from newsletters and things like that 80 plus items in a in a day's time you know on a weekend um and it Tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here, Caleb. Is she basically asking like, how do we manage that kind of? Yeah. Uh, how do you
2: work past or just ignore the clutter when you started your blogs? So how do you you know stay in touch with what other people are talking about and get inspired by people that are writing or doing things that you want to do, but at the same time not getting overwhelmed and just yeah. absorbing everything and trying to consume too much instead of creating things.
0: This is to me the perennial problem and, and issue with an inbox is. How many times have I just stumbled across something in an inbox that actually ends up being super helpful? Something that my friend wrote that I then reached out and connected with him, and I haven't seen him in a very long time. Something that just links to some crappy little thing that ends up putting me on this idea or that idea that turns into a really you know great blog post uh, or uh, catalyzes an idea that it turns into a fizzle course at some point, right? All of these things, so many of them, come from just little tiny trickles that happen just randomly in little little. Inboxes somewhere, whether it be a tweet stream or or my email inbox, um, and so part of me has always felt this need to be a completist that way—to look at every tweet, to uh, to be aware of everything that's coming in—and so I just tried Unroll Me and unfortunately it's like i'm lo- losing email that is actually really important to me and i can't find out how where it's gone like it apparently unrolled me doesn't know about it either so either it's just things sending emails to myself from drafts just stopped working all of a sudden as soon as i you know started unrolled out me or, or or it's actually getting eaten up by this service and it just is a, is a nice illustration on some of the things that come into our inboxes are freaking important they're important things and some of them are like, oh my God, I need you to go pick up Aiden from school right now. Like that important. And some of them are the kind of thing that we don't, we would never expect to be important, but then we interact with them, they affect us, and we see the world a little bit differently now. And we're glad that we had that in- encounter. So the, ch- the bummer is, you unsubscribe from Chris Brogan's email, which is the example that she gave, mm-hmm. and now what aren't you going to see from him? And that is, the, that is the question. It's the anxiety about what, what am I not going to see from these people now? How, what am I going to miss? And in the interview with Merlin, he gets really intense about. I've decided, oh, no. I, I did, yeah, the fear of missing out. I've decided, he he says, you know, essentially, I've decided to miss out on everything, and, it, and to just focus on the things that I want to do that are important to me, you know. And there's a very select few people who who basically have a way to get in touch with me. That's me. That seems super intense, you know. But I mean, th- that's a guy who has an inbox that's a mile wide way more people are trying to to get in touch with him than than any of us combined you know so um anyways i think it's a huge issue and caleb what's your personal story with this
2: well i think that the whole point you brought up about there's multiple inboxes is huge too because think about all the social media networks that you're on think of all the apps you use that download podcasts or subscribe to rss or notify you on your phone all those things are different kinds of inboxes so it's hard enough just to get your Gmail empty on a daily or weekly yeah. or monthly basis, let alone know what everyone else is doing or writing about and everything like that. So you just have to prune and you have to limit the amount of stuff you let into your life.
0: And it's a, it's a, and it also brings up things about, you know, these are age old kind of questions and you can find a million blog posts about this stuff. But and I, I am still principally interested in this conversation. You know, like this is still one of the most interesting conversations in doing business online to me is how do we manage these sorts of things? But you're dealing with others' expectations of you. So what if, uh, say, like uh, Caleb, you're still a financial blogger and Mm -hmm. name a big financial blogger guy. Who's the guy that lives in Portland? Um, JD J.D. Roth. So J.D. Roth sends you an email. But because you're like, oh, I read a book by Tim Ferriss or something, I'm deciding not to read any email for a while. You miss an opportunity that was really big. And now, and then, and that means you didn't end up going to WDS or whatever, right? Potentially because of X, Y, and Z, you know, fear of missing out. That's why we check those, those inboxes, but also because it's humans and it's interesting. We get to a point, what do I mean by that? It's, it's humans, it's regular life stuff. I mean, there's a point, your email, but when it's below a certain amount of certain threshold, it's still humans, like connecting with humans. And I'm talking to my mom and I'm, and I'm reconnecting with friends and there's like real honest to God life, just like I'd be running into someone at the coffee shop or something like that. But the, once it gets past a certain threshold, it's extremely unnatural for like human biology to uh, to like our brains don't don't keep track of these sorts of things uh, very well. Once it gets past that threshold, things get unsafe. The wheels, as you're careening down the hill, start to wobble. You know, and and next thing you know, one of them might just pop off, and that's that's when things kind of go. And I've had this moment, I, Caleb. I bet you have too, where you just all of a sudden just like it and you just unsubscribe unsubscribe from anything that's in your inbox at that moment
2: you know you just go nuts i do it on my phone like i'll just delete every app like yeah i don't need this i don't need this i need a web browser and maps or
0: something yeah and it's a really clarifying moment that that brings a ton you do that get everything off of your phone go just to the apple stock things
2: once a year probably really that often yeah because i use it also as when i disconnect so like when i went to italy the first two weeks I didn't check email. I didn't have internet. I didn't do anything.
1: Oh, we remember, Caleb. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're (laughs) welcome. It actually was to a detriment. So we got to one location in Italy where the person changed where the key was going to be, and I didn't check my email. And so we get to the place. It's like raining at nighttime in like this random Italian town. We have no idea how to get into the place we're trying to stay. And I had to use the free internet on my Kindle to look up and see where to meet this person. So... I mean, it, well, there was a detriment to not being connected, but I mean, other than that one thing, I didn't miss yeah. anything. And it was nice to fully disconnect for a while and to actually miss out on some stuff.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, another, that's another thing to do, which I'm excited to do. I'll be going down to Mexico with some friends pretty soon. And I'm kind of planning on doing the thing where it's the autoresponder that says anything that you send me is going to be deleted as soon as I respond or return on, on this date. So if it's important, email me after that. Like that kind of like just torch the whole fucking place, <laughs> you know, thing that that maybe that's uncouth, maybe that's unkind. I mean, most of any of our important email that we've got coming in is going to come through support and through fizzle in inboxes, And so that'll be protected and available. But uh, anyways, those sorts of things can teach you I was OK. And it, the, the question that the inboxes in our lives pose to us are, are pretty big deal stuff. You know, and like one of the things that Merlin gets into in the interview is is what an inbox. An inbox isn't like oh somebody liked you on Facebook or this that or the other. An inbox is how much of your brain wherever you are is actually somewhere else. You know, it's that stuff that actually be it ends up being really important. And it also brings up, of course, creator versus consumer stuff. Like I could I could go. Um, <laughs> there's another thing that Merlin said in this. It's, it's clearly bouncing around in my head. I I could not. For the rest of this week or for the rest, all of next week or something like that, I could not get take in any other new pieces of information, no tweets, no email, no nothing like that. And I would have more work than I would be able to do in that week already to do right now, right? Of all the things that I know I want to do that I've already got on the list, all of these things that we have planned, we could all not take in any new emails for a month and we'd still have more work than we know what to right. do with. Even keep from us each busy. other. Like even, even if just, we didn't
2: respond to emails from each exactly. other. Exactly.
0: You've got these two courses. I've got these two. Caleb Corbett has these two, right? We would not need to talk to each other or anything like that. And we would be ha, still have more work than we could actually accomplish in a 30-day period of time. And yet, our inboxes are always open with more and, more and more and more and more and more and more requests. Some of those are important. Some of those aren't. It's just that it's just a crazy sort of reality of modern day life. And I think it is really smart to try to figure out intelligent ways, meaningful, matterful ways to actually navigate this stuff. Um, and so anyways, I think we should leave it there unless, uh, you guys have some other tips on it and just say, go listen to that. <laughs> go listen to that interview with Merlin, because if you're geeking out about this stuff, there's m- <laughs> there's more than you, kn- than you want to think about in there. And he's already covered it better than any of us can, I think. Well,
1: and Corbett, I'd love to now- hear, go ahead, Corbett. <laughs> uh, yeah, and whatever you were going to say, Caleb, but I was just going to mention, I think you guys and Merlin are overthinking it. Unsubscribe from everything that's not critical and see how it goes for a month. See if you miss anything. You're not. It's not the end yeah. of the world if you don't get a message from Chris Brogan or whatever. Just unsubscribe from everything and focus on actually creating stuff for a while. And you can always, if you end up with extra time on your hands, you can go... To your RSS reader, you can go type in a blog URL, or you could go re-subscribe to something. It's not that big a deal. Unsubscribe. Well, uh, I was David. gonna
2: have you talk about Corbett is like the competition of like knowing what everyone else is doing because I think that's a mm. deeper question that Bree is asking here, not yeah. just like the the inbox and the overload and stuff, but like how much do you stay in touch with people in your industry or in your niche or in whatever you're doing.
1: Not a whole As opposed
2: lot. to just focusing on yourself and just doing what you know you want to do.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot anymore because I found that a couple of things happen. One is um, when you pay too much attention to what other people are working on, you feel about yourself and your business yeah. and where you're at yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which is counterproductive. The second thing is the moment that you stop worrying about all of that stuff is the same moment that your business is really born, I think. When you start focusing on your audience and what their problems are and how you can help them and you stop worrying about how other people are solving it and just how you can solve it, that's when real creativity happens and when you birth something that actually matters.
0: I think that's a huge, that's a really huge point. Kind of that creator versus consumer mode. Because you're right, we all get into this bit where it's like, oh, I need to do this because that guy did this, so I'm going to do one of these roundup posts on this, that and the other versus... being real intuitive about getting into who your audience is shutting out everyone else and what the norm is for every other blogger. That's that's where it's like you've got all the creative ideas you could ever need in you already if you could just get out of the headspace of trying to copy other people or thinking that you're supposed to or even realizing that you are in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Well, you have to balance creating, consuming, but you also have to throw in connecting there too. And this is something that I heard about through Charlie Gilkey. He wrote about these three Cs, basically. Not us, but three different Cs. (laughs) And if you don't have balance between all of those things, then you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish because you're either going to be stuck in a bubble just creating things and not know what's going on or have anyone to share it with. Or you're going to be going to conferences nonstop and not spending any time doing anything, making anything. Yeah. Or you're just going to be sitting back and reading and getting jealous of what other people are doing or Mm. you know, getting mad at yourself for not accomplishing things instead of actually working on things and interacting with people. So you just have to balance those three things and when in doubt shift everything towards create cuz that leads towards more progress and more success typically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yet none of us would be here without any of the connections. You know, if you took you out all, all that them. connection yeah. piece, yeah, yeah, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. I mean we'd, we'd be we'd be somewhere though. But it's just such a natural part of the creation. You know, it's funny I've been making these little sort of image quote things did you guys see the one from the day with a little kid and the long kind of quote from corbett on uh this was from four episodes back did you uh did you i don't remember getting the permission i slip. just sent sent it <laughs> on the for you for using my i sorry it's a ask permission later or say sorry better than asking permission okay. i forget how those things work but um well, i hope it was anyways. good
2: it was it was a good one. You did a good job. There's a um, picture of you uh, selling newspapers when you were small yeah. It's a,
0: a, a picture of you as a as a young boy, a young, young boy in uh, like the 20s uh, <laughs> uh, selling newspapers. Uh, and it's funny because I spent some time on that, and I actually I really I've been I've been loving making those. And you can go to it, like we've got on our Pinterest page or our Google Plus page or on our Facebook or on our Twitter. I've been adding these little images every time we kind of. Sh- chip something if i have a chance i'll find a quote that i like from there and i'll I'll find an image and put the two together with some inch most the thing that i'm most excited about is playing with with a bunch of fonts that i have and trying to get interesting typography going on i'm making something and um and i I, and i'm I'm just convincing myself and I'm, i'm doing this mental exercise of saying i'm making this for for its own good for my own good i'm enjoying this this isn't a marketing strategy so much. I do think it's going to help. Hopefully, get more exposure places. People, it's really easy to click and share images in Facebook and things like that. And apparently, people are using a thing called Instagram. It's gotten really big. I don't know about it yet, but like images have have taken over, and and I'm interested in this. Uh, and, and but mostly, I'm I've kind of convinced myself I'm just doing this to do it because I want to play around with these typefaces. I wanna, I wanna design things every day. I very rarely get to design things these days. Um, and so it's just a little, you know, I, I waste 45 minutes at most putting together something like this and, and have a little bit of fun and see what happens with it. And then I just put, push it out into the world and it, and then, and then it's done. I'm already on to the next one. You know, that, uh, is kind of, a nice little meditative moment for me in the world of, I want to make something that gets big, that gets shared, that gets tweeted. I want to write something that connects with with people. I want to write something that makes them have an emotional experience the way that, that probably the subject of my writing made me had an emotional experience. I, I want to create those sorts of things. And you can be, so this is what the, the, there is no that post was about from my coil. You've got to divorce the results from the effort and from the work and kind of like, let it be, let the journey be its own, you know, destination or, or something. Right. Um, but I think there's something of that in these balancing these three C's. And I, I, I can't say that it's always the right decision to just make for the making's sake, but certainly in a world where we're getting as, as, as but I mean, as we've been recording this, like my, my phone's going off, like it's gone off like five or six times with just tweets, whatever this, that or the other. And, and I just need to, <laughs> we did to realize, like, that's extremely unnatural. So sometimes just the act of creation of blinding ourselves and throwing on some crazy music and putting on the headphones and not opening up email and anything like that, and just sitting down and making something, even if it's crappy, and then pushing that out in the world and saying, I'm on to the next thing already, is the act of reminding ourselves daily that, like, what, you know, there's 80 plus e- e- emails in my inbox. And these are all people who, th- who think they have some right to my time. And they don't and you got to make the decision on who does have a right to your time. So I think your point is is actually really good, Corbett, about screw it. Unsubscribe from everything. See what it's like, you know. C- Caleb, you going to to Italy, completely like don't even open up any of the apps and don't d- get rid of everything. Try it out for a little while and see how okay you end up being. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But there is this balance cuz Caleb correct me if I'm wrong, but you end the year with a lot more apps on your phone than you started, right? Yeah. (laughs) Things just like start to happen and that's okay. And so it's not like a right answer, wrong answer. There's only one way to do this. I think it's seasonal. And sometimes oh. I need a I need a season of just like I need to burn the whole freaking farm and and let it lie fallow for it for a little while because I need just clarity right now, and this is the only thing I can focus on yeah, and well, then when you I, get a-
2: when I launch something, I typically right after that after we launch the Sparkline, then I'll take Twitter off my phone and take stuff off my phone just because I want to not be so connected because you're so connected for that yeah. time frame that week when you're just interacting with as many people as possible that you just want to turn off the fire hose for a little bit
1: mm. All right. What oh, else? I see that. What else? I we see got? that.
0: W- one of one of my one of my Twitter buzzes is uh, is Corbett finally finally finding that image I made. Yeah, it's a good one. A little man. Thank you.
1: It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun making those. I could have been a little uh, more compact in the quote, but it came out okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, it's a long sort of thing, but
2: whatever. It's fine. But then it takes up more space on someone's Pinterest screen as they're scrolling. So.
1: Oh
0: yeah, brand recognition, baby. <laughs> i'm just so upset still that i can't work out Ah! okay let's move on to the next one brie i hope that helps you better calm
2: down i know i need to i need to 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 chill out babbling brooks or something and that's
0: that's uh is that brie uh the fizzler brie
2: (laughs) i believe so yes it's this question was from inside fizzle so yes okay
0: awesome thanks brie okay we have a question
2: here from an international itunes listener sophia from portugal says loving the fizzle that's the name of her review I've been a loving
1: it.
2: Loving the fizzle man. The <laughs> no
0: do monkey. get Corvet do monkey.
1: Who's monkey? She's loving the fizzle. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Sorry. So she Keep says, going.
2: "I've been loving every single episode of your show with great information." Here's my question: How can you get in touch with those you'd like to be your peers when you're halfway around the world? Most of the bloggers I love to follow are in the states, and I'm in Portugal slash Europe, and always wonder what the best way to connect with them is. Hmm.
1: The best way to connect with the people on her side of the pond or over in this neck of the woods?
2: Uh, A combination. She says both. She says most of the bloggers she follows are in the States, and she's in Europe, though.
1: Well, I mean, one way to do it is to come over for a conference. And I'm not saying that you necessarily have to spend a couple thousand dollars for a trip, but... I've made some really great connections with people who came to the States uh, for NMX or for World Domination Summit or something from halfway around the world. Um, That can be a great way to connect in person. And, you know, Uh, on the other hand, there are people that I have known for years and years and years online and never met in person that happen to be in Europe or whatever. And um, I don't know, we just struck up a conversation about something, you know, somebody tweets something. You look them up, you respond, next thing you know, like you have a little conversation going on Twitter, and then you take it the next step to email, and then you're making babies together, or whatever happens after that. Hmm. I'll be damned. Is that how it goes for you?
2: I've yet to make a baby with an international blog friend,
1: if that's what you're asking. Without ever meeting them in person? (laughs) If that's what you're asking, yes. Yeah. Making conversation, at least.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I I, I kind of I, I agree. I mean, there's no better connection than like the in-person thing, and that even that then you, there's some strategy to it. You you don't want to just run in whole hog and weird someone out necessarily, but uh, you know, in, in some ways, I like people to think about. Okay, this year is the year of these four people, or over the course of this four over the course of this year, I want to get to know these four people a little bit more, and maybe like so for me, it would be like looking. I'd be looking up at like a Derek Sivers uh merlin mann uh maybe michael port um michael hyatt someone like that like it's kind of nice to like have those people on a list somewhere and be like okay and that means i'm going to subscribe to their blogs and i'm going to just interact around them and around there and support them in any way that i can over the course of a year instead of how do i go all in right now and try to make them love me and see that i'm valuable and that i'm cool and that that i'm everything i think i am um that's one way, that's one way to think about it, maybe a little bit different is, is to just lay that out on a timeline, uh, so that they, you know, the first, the first touches over the first several months are, 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 mellow and, and human and regular. Just like you're like brushing up at the bar and you're like, oh, hey, it was good to see you. And then you kind of move on. And then the next time you're like, oh, so, so what's going on? Where are you from? And you actually start engaging in conversation slowly, but surely you have a bit of a relationship over time so that when you do see them in person at some conference or something like that, it actually can, can mean something. That's that's a, a strategy I, I'm, I'm trying to take to heart this year.
2: Next time I hang out with you, Chase, I'm going to watch you plan your brush-ups. So like, walk around the room and like decide who to brush yep. up against and yep. how I was, awkward I was, it's going to be once I know that that's your plan.
0: I was in a brush-up situation <laughs> last night. I got to sh- send a shout-out to uh, Tyler Terverhin. Tyler Terverhin. Tyler Turverhin, Terverhin, I think, of uh, uh, Riskology.co. Uh, he did... Okay, get this uh get this the guy doing the uh doing the, like the little speech thing he had a get together last night and the guy stands up and does the little, okay so hands up if anybody's ever run a mile all right keep your hands up uh keep your hands up if uh you've ran a marathon and then like almost everybody's hands go down but like four or five people still have their hands up all right hands up if you've done uh, a marathon on the great wall of china everybody else's hands go down except for tyler's Hands up if you run uh, a marathon on every continent, including Antarctica. And again, Tyler's hands still up because this was a party that uh, was celebrating Tyler being back after this long journey of running a, uh, and he did, he did it over the course of several years. Uh, he ran a marathon on every continent, including Antarctica. And the one in, in China was actually on, uh, <laughs> or I guess Asia is the name of the continent was on the Great Wall. Like, incredible that this guy did this so i gotta send a shout out to him and when there were some brush in moments there with some some bloggers and and folks i just it's always awkward to for me some with with some people but you got to try your best right
1: or you don't I, i i again i think uh you can easily overthink this you know there are people out there that seem like they would be great to meet and then you run into them in person and it's like Well, like, I just don't click with that person. They're not, they're just, we're just not going to work. And so it would be a shame to have wasted, you know, months strategizing about how to get to know this person. Um, True. Just put yourself into situations where there are going to be lots of interesting people and focus on people that are up and comers. Don't worry about the big names or whatever. Look around at people who are accessible and um, seem like they have something really interesting going on because those relationships over time can become really, really valuable. Uh, I just think about all the people that I know now who I got to know when they were just wet behind the ears like me. Is, that's not a racist thing, is it? Um, and I don't know. It's like <laughs> certainly a little bit of how's yourself. your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you say stuff you know, to a public anyway um
0: i like how caleb and i are like yeah 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 here's some ideas here's some thoughts like on both the inbox thing and like getting to know people and here's things i've tried this and caleb Corvus just like
1: yeah or none of that matters (laughs) well this is just my view my my point of view my my i like it you're like the angry old man it makes life a lot easier
0: I do I do believe that.
2: I have seen that in you. Your life is quite easy. So Wet Behind the Ears might be ageist, but it's not ra- racist because it's okay. for babies. All right. Uh, babies are born.
1: I'm so racist against babies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about race. <laughs>
0: anyway. So what's so what what's the what's the I, I think actually that's probably the biggest takeaway to Sofia in Portugal that you know, and I guess we gotta we gotta plug the third tier theory thing here which was kind of because I've come from a long you know history of just like oh look at those guys I wish I could know them I mean ever since I was in freaking junior high it was all about you know whether I was a rocker or a rapper or a skater or a blader or whatever it was all and I still it just for some reason that became such an important question for me that I never got out of it um, so I'm always looking at these these bigger people trying to be like cool with them like it means something to me and recently over the past year and a half I've just been trying to let go of that and found discovered you know came up with this idea of the third tier theory which I'll, I'll put a link to that blog post in the show notes uh, which is basically about that hey you know what find the people that you click with because th- like you mentioned Corbett like there's some big guys that that I would that I always thought I would be I would really like to meet and then I meet them and they're really not fun to hang out with like even they're great people like it's not even that they're bad people it's just that they're not my kind of person they don't they and my, my rubric end up becoming if they're good to have cocktails with and if they're not, then it's like, okay, that's good. All the best. If you need anything, let me know, but I'm going to go find my people and just kind of sit over Negroni and hang out and chat. And, and that to me, that's, that's where life it, it ends up happening and not that they have to be drinkers. Right. But that became the sort of rubric for me. Um, and so I would encourage you Sophia, look at, look less at, at, at the uppers and, and more of like, who is around you? Who's in Portugal, create your own network, in Portugal and in Spain, and and around that area, and see what you can create. And next thing you know, people are going to be like treating you the way that you were treating the big boy bloggers, and across the pond, you know. And if anyone's
2: in Fizzle that's listening to this and is struggling with this kind of thing, check out the course we have in there by Scott Dinsmore on how to connect with anyone. Is yeah. great strategies for the things you were talking about, Chase. Where plan out who you want to get to know and how to reach out to them and how to warm up the relationship before. You just like send them a cold email, and you're like, will you be my friend? Yeah,
0: yeah. I swear I'm worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Sophia, I hope that's helpful. All right, what do we got? What, what's what's our time here? Looks like we've got... Oh, man, we need to do some rapid fire. Gosh, we've gotten three. That, we always do this. It's like basically four questions in, in an episode, unless we really work hard. Well, that's
2: all the email-specific ones we
0: have, so...
1: Okay, let's jump into something else, then. Okay, let's, so this one's... Let's Go rapid ahead. fire one question in 20 minutes like we always do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so here's another international related one uh, from Michael Olson in Denmark. What are the main pros and cons of starting an online business specifically aimed at an other than English speaking market? And here's the kicker. The total population is around 6 million people. Hmm. Wait,
0: wait, was there a question in there?
1: Yeah. He wants to know what are the pros and cons of starting an online business for a market that only has 6 million speakers in it, for a language that only has 6 million speakers. Mm. So, um, okay, here's the thing. The the pros are obvious that you may not have as much competition because there are very few people who speak that language, and it may be a market where there just isn't a whole lot of savvy around online business yet. And so mm-hmm. if you are bilingual and you speak English and you can get all of the information and see all of the examples in English, of really cool online businesses, and then apply that to building something in your own language, it can be really popular. In fact, there are these guys in Germany, the Samwer brothers, who basically just rip off every idea that gets popular in English, like Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know, Airbnb, whatever startup becomes popular, they just build that in German and end up having. A home run on their hands almost every time because they just copy it line for line. Um, wow. Same thing happens in China and other places as well. So it can be a good strategy. Six million people is not that many, so that might be tough to build something out in. Um, and well, to build a Twitter in, but I mean, if you had a blog that had six million
0: people in it, that'd be incredible, right?
1: Right. right. But the downside is you don't know if. Um, You don't necessarily know if people who speak that language are going to be easily accessible. Like If you're trying to build an online service or a blog or whatever, where do you find the people? Where are they already hanging out? How do you bring them back to your site? If they're not on Twitter or not on Facebook or whatever, how are you going to build your audience? And That can vary, I think, from uh, language to language. I know people who have struggled with it in other languages before just because they had no idea. They couldn't go out and do guest posts on other sites because they didn't exist.
2: Couldn't you guest post on English speaking sites and just hope, or is it not really worth it? Just yeah. hope
1: that somebody, just somebody who speaks that both English and your own language. I, I think that would be a rather low yield. Um, somebody who's had some good luck with being in other languages. The um, the guys from Mind Valley, I believe. So they started in uh, English, and then someone started working for them who spoke Spanish, and he uh, pushed the idea of building other sites like they did in English but in Spanish and they ended up having a big success with it and now i think a big chunk of their business is in the Spanish speaking market and mind mm. valley just creates sites on interesting quantum leaping yeah, yeah exactly you know it's like crazy it, it, it's whatever
0: they're making millions and billions of dollars yeah. on it doing and it, it 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 is what it is it is but it's a good it's actually a really great example of I mean, but at the same time i, I mean what he, what he hasn't he's talking about Michael's talking about. Listen, I'm thinking of making a site, and I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about making a site for people in Denmark, and, and I'm assuming they speak Danish. Is that correct? <laughs> Please tell me that's right. <laughs> I
2: would assume so. I've uh, never but, been to Denmark, w- so
0: so. Uh, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go pretend as if. Uh, so, what we haven't heard anything about is what's what's the problem that you're solving what's the actual business here i mean if you had 500 people that came to your site that you solved their problem and it was a really big deal and they were willing to pay you a bunch of money for it i mean we have we have a fraction of six million people coming to the sparkline and fizzle and i mean we have we have less than two thousand members right now in fizzle but it's but it I mean that's two thousand people, and obviously, in order to get two thousand people to buy, we have to have a much bigger audience, but nowhere near six million. So the the question still comes down to okay, so what's the problem you're solving? What's the industry? What's the business here? Uh, I think you're right in in wondering if I am I limiting myself inherently by not building this in another language that might have a larger audience in, but you're also not kind of like you're not. Choosing that for the rest of your life, you're never going to make anything in any other language. And you might make this thing that is super successful. In Denmark, who's to say you don't just localize it for another market? Make it German, make it English, make it whatever after that, after you find out what works. But maybe it's super, you know, Uh, Denmark-specific. Maybe it's all about a particular kind of fish that gets eaten a bunch out there or something. I don't know. I would love to go to Denmark. Gefilte fish? Gefilte
1: fish.
0: Frontliven.
1: I have zero idea what you're talking about now.
0: <laughs> Hi.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Just so good question. Second. And
1: and you know another way to look at it is um, the size of the market. Whatever. It's kind of similar to just picking a, a topic or a niche in general. Like how big is that? You know. And what's, yeah. and what's the what are the pros and cons of picking something that's a really big topic versus a really small one? Um, you know, it kind of depends on how much competition there is, how strong the need is, how easily you can reach the audience, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I like. I mean, one one story moving forward is you build you build it in in Danish or Dutch or <laughs> whatever's happening out there. It's Danish. You build it in, a, in or Spanish. You build it right, and you prove that the model works. You prove that people want this thing, and then you and then you have a, a business on your hand, and then you get to ask the question: Am I going to prove this in another market? Am I going to make a leap to another sort of location will this work and play there well now you've got all the infrastructure for that you just need to change a lot of the bits and bytes to to put it into those language languages um so michael i hope that helps let us know what you come up with man
2: what else we got okay we have another international question here from dion in the netherlands they say hi guys i was wondering which quote frugal tools you use to check your blog stats and do you ever lose yourself in checking them What?
0: What?
1: Say that again? Frugal? Frugal. So like what cheap tools we use? Yeah. What was the name on the question again? Dion. Dion. Well, uh, we use a couple of free tools. One is um, Google Analytics. And another one is uh, Clicky at getclicky.com, which is free for up to a certain amount of traffic. There's a bunch of free ones out there. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason that you have to pay necessarily if you're just starting out. And um, do we get stuck in checking them? I don't know. These days, not really. I'd say mm, yeah. in the beginning, hell yeah, every day I was in there checking stats, really looking into stuff. Now, um, I probably check every other day or so, and mostly that's just to um, make sure that there's not a problem with the site, you know what I yeah, mean? If, make sure if it's I not saw, broken. Yeah, if yeah. I saw that for some reason one day stats were way down, then I would assume that you know something was inaccessible and I'd go look into it. Um, and then probably once a week or every other week, I will kind of just look and see what's popular right now and, um, see if there are any interesting trends or anything newly popular that's been picked up somewhere. And also to just kind of look at the stuff that we published over the past few weeks, like what has done better than other stuff. Um, and I can't say that necessarily there's a whole lot of actions that come out of that, except that we do have a handful of posts that we really probably should work on, um, that are very popular for one reason or another. And there are things that we could do to make better use of the audience that are coming to those posts. Um, and, uh, we have that on a to-do list somewhere that hopefully will get picked up in the next year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I, I like coming into Google analytics, but I never really know what I, what I'm, what I'd like to find, and I never really do anything after I found something. Even I don't really know if I've ever found something. Some of the times, you know, like I'm looking at our traffic right now, comparing this month to last month, and I'm like, okay, I know that now. <laughs> so you you
2: open it up, you wait for it to load, and then you go, huh?
0: And I go, I know that and then, now. And then you close it. I mean, I I spend more time in in Mailchimp's stats a little bit just because I am kind of curious to see, because then I can see exactly. What they're clicking on, and yeah, it's it, it, it's such a specific thing. You know, this is landing in somebody's inbox, and they're either opening it or they aren't. Um, and you're comparing again, like you, we said in in the, I think it was the Q and A from the last month. We're comparing our metrics to our our. Oh no, it was, this was in the last episode. We're comparing our metrics to ourselves. You know, so this today's email compared to yesterday's, compared to the day before that, and our and our average versus comparing it to our industry or or something that we heard somebody else saying about their email list you know so in some ways i find google analytics tough to 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 figure out actionable things cuz as an as a maker, like as a writer, as a person that's doing the things, like I kinda wanna just focus on making the things that I want to make anyways.
2: Right. The amount of time you could spend checking your stats and seeing what's working and what's not and getting into yeah. the that would at the you same could,
1: time that would make a really interesting either just blog post or maybe a product or a course or something, which is like twenty things, twenty actions you can take from your Google Analytics stats and basically just show people. Yeah. Okay, let's look at this. If this is this and that is that, then here's what you should do next. You know, and just like set up a goal, do
2: do this thing, and then check it in a month.
1: Yeah, or you know, you notice that this post is popular. Well, what should you do? You know.
0: Yeah, or and it makes a lot of sense when you have. I think the the way these things work best is when you say, "I have a thing I want to test. I have a landing page I want to see, and I'm going to create two versions. I'm going to see which one works best." That is a completely different thing than like, huh, I wonder what's been going on on the site recently. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, and it, it, you could easily say, here's 20 actions. You know, one of them is find your your highest traffic post and then, you know, make some sort of offer there. Make something specific for that crew who's finding that, probably from search or something, and, and make something specific for them that they download and they get on the list. You know, but then you might be getting like, we're us with the motivation post. We'd just be getting a bunch of people on the list who don't want to be entrepreneurs. They're, they're just, they just found the motivation post off of stumble upon or something, you know? Right. So, um, it's a great, it's a, it's a good question though. And it's something I, I, I feel really, uh, cash poor about. I don't know how to look at these numbers and, and deduce much from it, but I really am sort of getting more and more. One of the things that is important is we know we have a hard and fast metric and that's revenue. And we can see, you know, if we stopped blogging, we could look in two months time and see how has that affected our revenue? on a monthly basis. Um, and that that's a very important, traffic isn't that important unless you're selling something or unless you have some sort of goal with conversion or, or something like that. And money is the one thing that I do kind of get. Like, oh, that's revenue. That's people who, not just visiting the page, not just visiting the page and then signing up on the email. They're not just visiting the page, signing up on the email. They're also clicking, yes, I want to buy this now and putting in their credit card information and, and buying it. And that's something that's certainly a, a hard metric for me very very hard so we all have right, rich so, tips
2: poor tips soft metrics and hard metrics
0: <laughs> just the hard metric tip <laughs> God. all right are you are you saying dion dion's dion's right name right who knows dion let us know if we're saying your name right because we'd love to get it right for you all right what do you think we got time for one more we're so rapid fire you guys Gosh, we're horrible at <laughs> like this
2: that was twice as fast as our last rapid fire. It really sure. was.
0: <laughs> it really was. But how are we not gonna give Tyson all the all the time in the world? I loved I loved that question so much.
2: Okay, keep going. What's one more? Okay, we have another one here from Omar. Let's take a listen. Hey, Corbett, Chase, Caleb. This is Omar in Home from New York City. Uh, I love your show, guys. I love it. I make sure I listen to it every week. It's amazing. Um, my question is: Is when you're launching a new product or a new service or a new entity of your business, how do you make sure that you do not le- neglect your you know, your main bread and butter, your main business or your blog or whatever? So, like in your case, when you guys launched Fizzle, you were working on Fizzle. How did you guys make sure that you didn't neglect ThinkTraffic traffic when um, when you were working on Fizzle and launching and maintaining and all that? Um, any tips or tricks or advice on that would be. Really appreciate it. Again, I love the show, and I love Fizzle, um, and I wish you guys all the best. Take care.
0: Ah, thanks, Omar. That's awful kind of
1: you. Good job, Kenny. you like Omar. a question where somebody's plugging our stuff for us.
2: <laughs> well, I don't, Corbett, I don't put the plugs in my notes of what the questions are about, but <laughs> if you'd like me to add them so we can have a plug-free
0: C- Corbett, experience. can I ask that you spend the rest of the, of the uh, podcast in the monkey voice? She's loving the podcast. He's loving the podcast,
1: man.
2: <laughs> what does the monkey voice sound like still Sean Connery?
1: She's, <laughs> she's on a, an HBO show, and she right. has a monkey that she talks to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, no, I'll, be the I'll try to do the Sean Connery. I wish I could do a good Sean Connery. That'd be awesome. All right, Omar. So when launching a new thing, how do we not neglect existing parts of our business while focusing on the new thing? One thing, I mean, my quick answer for us when the existing thing was a blog, we had a publishing schedule. We were publishing every Tuesday. And this was before we had the podcast. So we just knew we had a blog post coming out every single Tuesday and we just stuck to our guns on that. That became a sacred sort of ritual. So that was one that was one way in which we did it. And and I'd say another way is we just knew all of the sales that we were making of our of our new thing that we were building were coming from the existing audience. So it, the, they, they were really kind of intricately connected. It wasn't a whole brand new thing set up somewhere out in space somewhere.
1: Yeah, and I think we um, we always have some extra capacity. We kind of do that on purpose. I think in any business you're going to, you're going to have time that you could spend maintaining the thing that you're already working on or optimizing it or whatever, or you could dedicate that time to a new project And um, then there's the critical stuff, obviously, you know, publishing blog posts and responding to support requests and stuff like that. The critical stuff we still managed and you just kind of have to carve that time off and say, okay, you know, whatever, however much this critical stuff that we want to get done every week has to get done, and then the time above and beyond that, we're just going to, instead of improving Think Traffic or, you know, maintaining it or optimizing it or whatever, we're going to spend that time on the new project. But um, something that Chase likes to say, maybe it was borrowed from somewhere. I can't remember, but um, you know, basically every yes that you allow reduces the quality of every other yes that you've already committed to. So you know, we knew that by working on Fizzle, we were going to not focus as much on thing Traffic, just because we couldn't. We didn't have the time to do both really well. And um, I think when we start new projects, usually my idea is that they're not. All going to continue, uh, you know, forever. Probably we will see how the new project goes, and then either kill it or merge it with something else or whatever. So we've, I mean, you know, just personally over the past five years, I've probably started uh, at least fifteen different projects, and really there are only a couple that still, you know, continue ongoing. So um, that's my strategy. I I don't mind starting new stuff and killing off old stuff. I don't like having a lot of projects ongoing at the same time because I really don't think you can do more than one or two things well at the same time.
0: Mm. Caleb, what's your thought?
2: Well, the schedule thing was the biggest thing. You could hustle to get ahead of schedule, which I know we've done a few times. Make sure you have the Mm. blog posts and the podcasts and the emails written already or whatever it is that you need to do for your business. It's the same thing as going on vacation, but instead of going on vacation, you then are just working on something else and working on your own stuff and if you have clients it's the same type of thing you get all the client work done before you you know hire yourself as a client and work for a little bit on your projects
0: i like it do you like it Mm -hmm. i'm loving the podcast (laughs) keep working on it is that a jamaican sean connery i'm loving the podcast man (laughs) I don't know how on earth you could put. What if what if you could do that? You could do a voice, and people are like, "Oh my god, that's totally a Jamaican Sean." Connery. Oh my god! If you could do mashup like imp- <laughs> impersonation mashups, you know what? My fa- one of my favorite things I've ever seen was what is it? Bill Hader on the roast of uh, uh it looks like Aaron Eddy. His name is. It was a really good roast. What was the most recent roast that was amazing? James Franco. James Franco bill Hader comes out and he's basically he's he's mr hollywood he's hollywood and he's wearing a track suit and so he's just the voice of hollywood which ends up being a lot like uh, what's his name who wrote the book the kid stays in the picture which is incredible if you haven't done that on audiobook anyways he comes out there and he does the most incredible impersonation of that guy i've ever seen in my life and it's so funny i'll see if i can find a video and put it in show notes please it's my it's my dream to be able to be that funny
1: all right, guys. Well, I think we've covered a handful of, uh, of good stuff here. We we did a lot better than other attempts at getting... What did we get? Like six done today? We got five. I bet we don't no, even have two, any more two, questions three,
0: left. No, We got six. Yeah. We got six. We got more questions.
1: So, uh, so hey, folks listening to this, send us your questions. But yeah. I we, want more voicemails. We, yeah, we love voicemails. How can people leave a voicemail, Caleb?
2: They can go to fizzleshow.co, and right there, there's a submit a question button. Is there a better way, Chase? um
0: I think they can just go to fizzleshow.co slash ask, right? Doesn't that still work? It
2: does. That takes you directly to the it's voice show.
0: co slash ask. Yeah, just go fizzleshow.co co slash
2: and there's a ridiculous picture just, of the three of us on that page.
0: Unbelievable, <laughs> that. Caleb! Caleb, look at your sass in that picture. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! Good golly, this is going in show notes, baby. Actually, you know what? No, it's gonna. You gotta click. You gotta listen to the podcast and click the link. Sorry, or right, or type it in. We'll see if anybody does. All right, guys. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Bodrick. And we are the guys in the leotards making rain. So there you have it. It's a sassy, sassy Caleb. Thanks to Kent, Bree, Sophia, Michael, Dion, and Omar for your questions. We love hearing from you guys, honestly. Like we said, you can ask your question anytime at fizzleshow.co slash ask. Give us a shot. There are some excellent articles uh, on the show notes for this episode, including that video of Bill Hader as the voice of Hollywood. I just watched it again. I can't get over it. You can find those at fizzleshow.co slash 47. That's F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 47. If you like this, please, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it does mean a lot to us because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. So simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review honestly what do you have to lose you know our goal here is to help budding business builders feel more comfortable in their own skin and when you leave us a review you help us to do that better so thank you so much for doing so in fact i did some digging and i found our first review ever is from chris O'Byrne in the u.s he says this vital information these guys really know their stuff and have proved it time and again if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to learn something from this podcast that will absolutely help your business. Thank you, Chris. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you if you've let us review. If you haven't, maybe do so. Listen, I started off this show with an intro to, to us three as Muppets. And I don't know if you saw the one in, that came out in 2011 with uh, Jason Segal from I Love You, Man, which is really good. Um, and I don't think I give away too much of the movie or that there's much to give away. When I, when I quote one critic... On the moral of of that movie, he says, the message of the movie is that a bunch of wonderfully eccentric, creative, and outlandish individuals can somehow be brought together and stay together because they take great joy in what they do. And that is my wish for you, listener, to take great joy in what you do in the work of your hands and bonus points, if you can find some eccentric, creative, authentic people to do it alongside of and extra bonus points if they're puppets (laughs) find care take care serve hard and dig in thanks and i'll talk to you next fizzle friday spring is coming